This podcast is brought to you by the HSP World Mastery Program, dedicated to inspiring and empowering HSPs. Hi and welcome to the HSP World Podcast. With each episode, we invite a guest with the HSP trait to have a conversation about a burning HSP-related question they have. We're not coaches or therapists. We're HSPs holding space with you. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, and your other hosts are... Robin. And Ray. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the HSP World Podcast. And special announcement, it is our one-year anniversary. Woo! (laughs) We have officially been recording for a full year now. Awesome. It doesn't seem like that long. That's amazing. Yeah. One of the benefits of quarantine times that we've been able to <laughs> yeah that's right forward on this project so thanks to everybody who's made it possible rain and thomas all our guests who've appeared on the show thank you robin my pleasure shannon who does our social media and of course all our listeners happy birthday to us mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sure your listeners are very grateful me among them for having you all for this year well, thank you very much. Allow me to introduce Alina, who is with us for our anniversary episode. Thank you for joining us today, Alina, and happy to hear that you've been enjoying the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, it's been a great source of comfort and information. That's great. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, your background as an HSP? How did you find out about the trait? Absolutely. So, A few years back, my mother had reached out and said, hey, I saw this documentary on Amazon and it really made me think of you and I think you should watch it. And it was Sensitive, The Untold Story. I was already an Alanis Morissette fan, so that was a quick, very easy sell for me. And when I watched it, I really um, identified with a lot of what they were talking about. And it started to give me language to sort of describe what was happening with me and a way to ask for my needs. And then I I enjoy podcasts. So I went to look for podcasts about HSPs and I found this one. And through listening to the first few episodes, I heard about Elaine Aaron and Mm -hmm. looked up her questionnaires that tell you sort of to what level you're an HSP. And she also has one for high sensation seeking And I scored very highly on both and have since been really interested in learning as much as I can about, so apparently as an HSP and high HSS, there's a narrow margin within which I am neither overwhelmed nor underwhelmed. So Mm -hmm. been learning how to kind of exist within that margin. So I actually also really appreciated that episode where you were talking about like, when to share or how to share about your trait because as soon as I you know figured it out I had someone at work praising me and complimenting me for qualities and traits I am pretty sure I attribute to my HSP trait and so I thought this is a perfect opportunity to tell someone about it and I think I just had didn't have enough of the correct or like I didn't really know how to talk about it then because her reaction was apologetic 
And it sort of seemed like she thought I was telling her I get my feelings hurt easily, Hmm. which is not so much. But I anyways, I, I digress. That is sort of my story and why I'm really interested in looking at the HSP lens through a professional employee development setting. So interesting. You found out from your mom. Yay, mommy, Lena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And what's funny is she's also an HSP and I'm the one teaching her about it now. She's got a documentary and was like, huh. this is my daughter. <laughs> oh, that's great. And now you're taking it to your professional life. Absolutely. In one of Elaine Aaron's books, the one I'm reading is the highly sensitive person in love. She talks about how having the trait can sort of be a superpower, but if you're not nurturing it or respecting, you know, your needs and boundaries, you could become a very dismal partner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that can also translate to other areas in life, especially in work, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. Very, very well said. Yeah. Yeah. Before I knew about it, I was, I struggled at work before I knew how to manage it. So actually, I think your, your question today is about the workplace, right? Sensitives in the workplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my question is, as it pertains to managers or hiring managers looking for a candidate, now, I would love to discuss, I can talk for days with you, with you three about the need for managers to understand, recognize someone with an HSP trait and sort of what they can do, how to nurture that. But in this, what I would really like to, to get your thoughts on is in the interview process, like I believe the position that I am interviewing candidates for would benefit greatly if they had the HSP trait However, it, they would have to be in control, well, not in control, but they would sort of have to know, you know, their limits and have some sort of mastery over their HSP superpowers. And so to what extent can we glean that or, or sort of ask about that during the interview? And to what extent is it fair to take that into consideration when evaluating them against other candidates. So this is because you are hiring your replacement to go on to do some further studying. Correct, Alina? Correct. My, so I'm hiring a replacement in the position I'm leaving for when I go start studying. And I know that my HSP qualities have really, really helped in this position. And I've been getting feedback that what I bring to the table has been what's missing from the team. And I truly attribute that to having figured out my HSP superpowers and how to harness them. So I feel like it's important that if I, that, that I would love to hire an HSP into the role But I need to know that the HSP isn't going to be like I was four years ago, you know, before I knew how to manage my, 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 I like to call them superpowers. (laughs) Uh, This is so good. (laughs) Thank you so much for this question. I was really looking forward to having uh, this discussion with you, Alina, because 
it's not what we're used to hearing, right? <laughs> we're used to hearing, how do I like convince my boss that it's okay that I'm sensitive or I'm sensitive? How do I fit in at work? And here's someone in the, a position to, to hire an employee saying, I want a highly sensitive person here because I see how they would be right for the role. And I want to nurture that and embrace that, you know, so. And in a leadership position. Yes. Less, right. Yes. And, and you have this success story of having seen or been appreciated for those aspects of your character. So it's really nice to have a positive story like that. So I'm um, really happy to get into it. Um, it's also, I think, I think we'll probably end up touching a bit on how more generally, you know, how do you talk about people who are sensitive or how do you look, seek out people who are sensitive in your life without necessarily going into the spiel about the, the questionnaire and Elaine Aaron. I mean, you can use the word sensitive. I have seen the word sensitive on job descriptions not often but i think i have i think i have maybe at least culturally sensitive i've seen that so there's a kind of sensitivity that could be uh, appreciated but um yeah so what do we think well okay so okay one thing i can share that i, I mean as for the questions you want to ask, and because you were saying, would it be morally, you know, correct to be seeking them out? And I really think that's up, up to the individual person and the culture of the company, you know, that type of thing. But I was reading a study, oh geez, a couple of years ago, and it was saying how sensitive leaders, there was going to be more and more demand for them in the future because of the unique skill set they have. So I think this is just, you know, the, it's, it's basically coming true, you know, is, is what's yeah. happening. But I know in past jobs I've had, I remember the one job I had where I felt really supported by my, um, he was the CFO. And basically he was really good at giving me direction, but then also saying, okay, you go ahead and run with it because some highly sensitives, they, you know, they're very, they, they work very well on their own and sometimes they prefer to some of the time. So he was really, he recognized that in me, but he also um, was really good at encouraging me to bring other people in. Right. So that was great because that, and he did it, you know, in a, just a very, you know, informal way, which was wonderful. And I would have to stay, he gave, he let me, he gave me uh, space to do what I needed to do, you know, so it was a sort of a hands-off type of thing, but also very open door, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that makes me think of the place I worked previously, the culture there was not at all conducive to a highly sensitive person which makes me feel very grateful for the company I'm with now, where I do have a boss that allows me the room to, you know, figure out how I can bring my best qualities forward. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I would agree with Rain that, you know, ultimately, whether or not it's fair to look for someone who's highly sensitive really just boils down to what, what is the mandate? What are you required to look for? Do you have the authority within your position to 
look for whatever you think is right for the job? Or are there a specific set of criteria that the, the company is looking for? Probably some mix of both, right? Probably um, they have particular criteria in mind, but you know, it sounds like if, you're, if your boss is looking to you to make this decision and is appreciative of what you've contributed to the role, then you might have a certain amount of freedom to choose someone that you think is suited based on the criteria that you're looking for as well. Something I would probably, I, I probably would not, give someone the questionnaire because here's something to keep in mind right uh high sensitivity it's high sensitivity has multiple facets to it right so elaine aaron is as you would have uh, seen in that documentary she talks about the does model right d-o-e-s does or does and d for depth of processing o for overwhelm e for emotions and empathy as for noticing subtleties. So these four characteristics have to be present for someone to be considered highly sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. And really the core characteristic is the depth of processing and picking up on things, right? Right. So I think, you know, and this is just an important practical concern as well. I think homing in on what is important within those traits, what is it exactly that was needed or that's appreciated what what sub traits are the most important so is it attention to detail is it conscientiousness is it creativity mm-hmm. is it you know sensitivity in communication is it diplomacy or active listening mm-hmm. is it um you How know about all of those yeah well <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I mean, oh. any, any, I mean, any of those could, of course, be needed, right? Any, any yeah. of these can be assets in, in work, the workplace. So, mm. but I can see how some might be prized more than others, or some can really be the, the core criteria. Mm-hmm. I know, for example, I mean, I think I have been hired a couple of times by people who were looking for something that would fall within the trade of sensitivity, but it was a little bit, it was still specific, right? So I, for example, there was a school where I think I was hired because you needed to be very, you needed to be very attentive to the needs of, it was, it was basically like a lot of one-on-one classes. So you needed to be very attentive to the needs of the person in front of you and very adaptive beyond any set curriculum. So you had to be really someone who can empathize and listen you know, and follow the person in front of you. So that kind of emotional sensitivity and empathy was very important, right? In another job, the boss kind of looked at me one day and she said, you know, the person who does this job needs to really be able to think things through. I was like, oh, okay. And I think she, I think she was telling me that I was doing it, but she just kind of, I think she was just kind of describing what was involved in the job. And she said, you know, it really is important that whoever uh, is here, it is really thinks deeply about things. I thought that was kind of cool. You don't hear people saying that a lot, right? Yeah. Um, so, but again, I thought that was really a nice, precise description of one of the traits of sensitivity. So I think, and this would be a way that, you know, you don't have to have any awkward conversations about what is an HSP, mm-hmm. but you probably would end up with an HSP if you favor these traits, right? So I think it would be good to, and then you could have this discussion with your boss too and say, you know, okay, I know this, these kinds of things figure within my profile and you can name some of the things from the highly sensitive model. And then you could say, you know what, you know, I'm looking for my replacement. What 
of all these traits, if I had to list like maybe the top three, what do you think are the most important that, you know, or maybe you've already had this conversation, right? But what, what do you think are the most important? And then you would want to look for that as well. And I mean, you can also build it into the interview. There are certain, you can, you can check by the way the person answers and mm-hmm. the kinds of answers that they give, or if there are any tasks involved in the, in the interview process. There's one other thing I'm thinking of here. And, you know, Alina, you were mentioning about how, well, I wouldn't want to be that. I wouldn't want someone to come in here and be the kind of HSP I was four years ago. And I'm wondering if you're talking about like some of the struggles we might have in the workplace. And I think it would be good to think, you know, just because someone is sensitive, doesn't mean that they're managing it well. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they've accepted it. Doesn't mean that they are drawing on it successfully. So you might also want to think what level of development do you want that person to have, right? Right. So maybe maybe they're sensitive to criticism, but they know how to have a conversation about feedback that works for them. Absolutely. Maybe they're sensitive to conflict but they've developed the skills, they've done the work to, to learn how do I successfully manage conflict, even if it's not something that I like, right? So one of the dangers of just saying, I want an HSP, you might overlook, okay, well, what, what do I concretely need them to be able to do? And that's where a certain level of development and a certain level of work will have had to be done for the for an HSP to be comfortable really in any workplace, right? Because if you can't deal with conflict, if you can't set boundaries, if mm-hmm. you can't deal with feedback and criticism, it, it doesn't matter what job it is, you're you're not you're not going to be okay, right? Yeah. So that that would be another thing. I think you could you could script that into your interview questions, right? Tell me about a time that you've dealt with right. conflict or what kind of feedback do you like to get? And you'll see mm-hmm. someone who has like really thoughtful answers or can mm-hmm. give you lots of examples. That's the kind of HSP that like, I mean, and you can tailor it to the role, you know, what may be a, a bigger or lesser pitfall in that role. What do you think? What do you think, Thomas? Yeah, I wanted to... Well, basically setting up scenarios where you say, you know, here's a, here's a hypothetical situation involving these tasks or these people or whatever, how would you, how would you deal with it? How would you handle it? How would you guide the process? Things like that. Alina, when I, when you first mentioned the question, if, you know, one of the things that crossed my mind is that there are, you know, certain restrictions on what uh, things you can ask during an interview. Mm-hmm. You can't ask certain questions because they might be seen as discriminatory. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the HSP trade is sort of a, a sort of ambiguous when it comes to that. But there are things like you can't ask, you know, about disabilities. You can't ask about genetic information. And so that's sort of where my mind went first. It's like, ooh, wow. Now I haven't been in a in an interview process for a, quite a while. I've been sort of like asked to participate in interviews just to to vet certain people that my clients were hiring but where i would go definitely would be just to set up some scenarios so that it's it's very focused on the work and very focused on trying to flesh out okay this is how this person approaches these certain situations 
Gotcha. Yeah, that's really helpful. There's also some some things that HSPs tend to, from from what I've observed, they tend to share is creative hobbies. So that might be kind of a nice icebreaker, <laughs> you know, is mm-hmm. to ask them if they have any hobbies and they paint or like Thomas does automata. Thomas, I always say that wrong. <laughs> Autom- automata. Automata. <laughs> you know, just or kinetics, kinetic sculpture is another way to put sculpture. it. Yeah. So just to see, you know, if, what their different interests are, that could probably give you an idea if they have the trait, that is kind of a nice, easy way to kind of go, you know, you know, start a, an interview as opposed to these heavy duty questions coming, shooting at you yeah. right away. Right. Right. Yeah. I work for a humane society of the United States. So I like to start off with, if you could choose which animal you wanted to be, what would that be? <laughs> I feel like that nice. could be a little telling as well based on their reasoning. Oh, excellent. If they actually provide any reasoning or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Alina, have you done a lot of interviews? I wouldn't say a lot. I've done a fair amount. Mm-hmm. I am still what I would refer to as a junior. Well, actually, no, I'm senior manager is my title, but I've only directly been managing reports for about three or four years. Mm-hmm still honing my craft and I have had to hire about four people. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And interviewed and, you know, for that. Uh, Yeah. Do you feel that, sorry, I was just wondering, do you feel that in the interview process that you already did, are there elements that could be adapted to finding an HSP? Yes, absolutely. I've had a few hires that I I wish I dug a little deeper to, you know, to, to, to gauge the, the, in certain situations, the depth of processing and emotional, like emotional intelligence, picking up on subtleties, Mm. those were important to the role. And at the time I didn't necessarily, you know, look for them or, or ask those questions or, or even evaluate that in my, um, assessment of the candidates. Mm-hmm. So I definitely would do a few things differently, or I'm going to do a few things differently moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You could probably develop a question like, you know, if a certain scenario happens, how, how long do you think you're going to think about it afterwards? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> or, or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's a really good one. How long do you think? Yep. Do you think you'll think about it? It, it, it might from the point of view of the interviewee, it might seem like an odd question. Unless they're an HSP. <laughs> Unless they're an HSP, you're right. Even some yeah. of the traditional questions that ask about values and priorities, mm-hmm. right? Like what what's important to you? If you, were, if you were to come work here, what would be important to you in the role? You know, why do you think you're the right candidate for this? <laughs> Which always seems like a a bit of a difficult question, but you know, at the end of the day, you're looking for a fit, right? So it, right. it is, it is a fair one and someone who's attentive to what's going on in the, that, that would let you assess as well. Like, is this person good at assessing fit, right? Are they good at seeing what's needed and, and expressing that then after, you know, you'd have to find, I think other questions to find out to go beyond just what they say. 
Coming up, Rain poses an interview question that is HSP related, but has a non-obvious answer to it. We'll be right back after this. Our podcast is brought to you by the HSP World Mastery Program, with a mission of inspiring and empowering highly sensitives so you can use your natural, creative abilities to co-create an amazing and hope-filled future. The HSP World Mastery Program uses data-driven, positive tools and methods supporting your growth in a way that's gentle, thoughtful, and caring, with an emphasis on positive impacts and results on your daily life. You can learn more about the HSP World Mastery Program by visiting hsp.world forward slash mastery. Now let's return to our podcast. I think a telling one would be (laughs) asking them if they were open to working overtime anytime asked, because an HSP that has firm boundaries in place will tell you no. (laughs) Oh my God, that's that's genius. (laughs) I had to learn that, I did. And I think that's the only reason I'm able to give as much as I am is because I have set those firm boundaries. That's a that's really good point. Thank you. Which is so funny because it's the opposite of what people think they're, you know, it's the opposite of what people think would be the right answer. <laughs> well, so is there a way to sort of let them know that it's like let your guard down and don't tell me what you think I want to hear? Well, that's like to establish that psychological safety for an HSP to sort of reveal these things. Well, I, like like I said, for me, I would, you know, start off with just some getting to know you things, you know, like, do, do you have any hobbies, that type of thing. And just as a human to another human, you know, getting to know them. And then, you know, as Thomas was saying, ask some of the, the different scenario type questions like, oh, well, you know, how would, how would you handle this? Or would you, well, you know, how long would you think about this? And you know, and some of the things Robin was saying, and then, you know, like, oh, okay, well, we have 20 minutes to do this. And that's it. You know what I mean? I would, I would be very relaxed about it, that it takes however long it takes. And Mm. that's it kind of thing. And so that they feel comfortable. Yeah, I'm thinking about something as well, a tip that a, a colleague used to give me for working with students who want to please the teacher and be, you know, very people pleasing. And you may sometimes see this behavior in HSPs as well, is to to remind them to attend to themselves. So, you know, asking them like, well, what do you want to do next? Like in, in a classroom context. So in an interview context, I'm thinking like reminding them that they're interviewing you too. Mm. reminding them Mm -hmm. so you know what is important to you here what part are you at in your career what what would make you happy here what would make you unhappy here tell me about some of your past successes tell me about things that you've learned even if it's the hard way right so like just emphasizing that there is room for them to explain who they are and and to have them ask you questions Mm -hmm. you know and and to really emphasize at the end of the day what's important is fit right right that that everyone is happy on both sides and that it's a match that makes sense absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely I wonder if there's 
So you know how you were saying some HSPs, they're still getting the hang of it. Is there a way to sort of gauge someone's willingness to work on it if they're not there yet? Like, let's say I see that they're sensitive and I guess I would probably come up with a scenario about coachability in that case, how coachable they'd be. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one because sometimes, you know, sometimes a person's not ready. They're not ready to hear that or they're not ready to work on it or, you know, whatever it may be. So that's, um, what do you, how do you feel about that one, Thomas? Something like describe, describe a recent success, but I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now in terms of what, what I would want to describe as a success. <laughs> yeah. How would you feel about, like, if I were describe a recent failure and what you learned from it or how you, you know, blank, something like, is mm -hmm. that yeah. sort of destructive? Well, that would be, I mean, there, I think there are ways to ask that question. And I think that would be revealing in terms of, you know, where they're at and how do they, how do they describe or, or relate more difficult moments in their own development? I think another thing to, to be clear on again is before you go into the interviews thinking like, okay, what are my non-negotiables? What are, what are the, the, the things that this person really needs to be able to do already? Uh -huh. Like if boundaries around, I don't know, overtime or other things like that are, this person really needs to know right away, you know, then, then, you know, you test that one. And if, if you're not sure, if you have a bit of a doubt about their ability to, to meet that standard, then, okay, no, we're not taking this person. And then you can have, you know, what they call asset criteria or things where there's a little bit of room, you know, if, if I felt that they could develop this, you know, with six months of coaching on the job, you know, that we have a little bit more give on, on these elements. Mm -hmm. but I think making, making a distinction there. Yeah, that's really important. That's probably some things that I don't know if you can, can you teach someone to think more deeply about things or to attend more to things? I mean, that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not sure that it is something that. How often do you introspect? Yeah. It's <laughs> a weird question. Yeah. Not, but, not, to but, say, not to suggest that this is fixed, but you know, it might be more circumstances that would push someone to do that yeah. more or less. Than, than their baseline rather than coaching. I don't know. I would think something around um, team building and being aware of the, I don't know, to, to, to me, it's really important that the person is, is trying to understand and work within the context of the people they're working with, whether they're called the, the boss or not, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that essentially, you know, everybody gets it, that it's the team, the team that wins here, you know? I, yeah, I think you really honed in on what I'm trying to find is the willingness in, in what the quality that I think is going to make my replacement successful is being able to understand, adapt to the people they have to deal with and read the you know the subtleties the nuances the micro expressions like mm -hmm. okay this person says that they're okay with this but i they're hesitant or i feel like i need to comfort them about something or to kind of preempt potential issues 
Yeah, like I noticed when I, we were having the five of us that we were meeting that the, the one person I could tell they had a lot on their mind and they had a lot to say, but they didn't feel comfortable saying it. So mental note to myself after this meeting, I'm going to go sit with them and find out what was on their mind. You know, they didn't feel yeah. comfortable sharing it with their group, but what they have to, what they think and what they feel is important. So yeah, exactly. Oh, that that's so, like it sounds like you're talking about emotional detection mm-hmm. and empathy and i think this might fall within the purview of emotional intelligence so maybe mm-hmm. looking up that a little bit as well i'm sure I, I know there has been a lot written about emotional intelligence and certainly in the workplace as well and there are questions that you can ask to screen for that because that is a very particular subset that you're looking for emotional detection empathy attentiveness to nonverbal cues mm-hmm. um, and again being being careful to not to assume that just because someone is highly sensitive that they will have developed that yeah I mean yes we right. do tend to be more naturally attentive but we also tend to be overwhelmed and when someone is overwhelmed they're not going to be attentive yeah so you'd want them you'd want that to be developed enough but then you also want um, the management of stress level to be developed as well so that they're able to put things in context and, and keep that ability alive. Yeah, that's really helpful. I'm taking copious notes. <laughs> <laughs> How sensitive of you. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be publishing it in Lena. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. That's right. <laughs> you can go back and listen. <laughs> Well, Elena, I want to thank you so much for today's conversation, and I'm curious to to know how you feel about it. I feel very grateful. Uh, this is something I've been mulling over for a while, and I'm, I'm really appreciative for the space that you all hold for us to kind of talk to other HSPs. And because, you know, as an HSP, we're running through all of our thoughts going, is is this reasonable? Is this unreasonable? <laughs> right. you know, yeah. Am I going off to too much in one direction? So it helps to speak with folks who are using the same vernacular and mm-hmm. kind of get it mm-hmm. and can confirm or deny, you know, what is or isn't appropriate or is or isn't me overthinking. We all help each well, other, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> yeah. you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Elena. And and hey, good luck with your with your new hire and and congratulations <laughs> and good luck on your new area of studies. I think it's fantastic. Good for you. Thank you. I hope to be infusing more employee development tools for managers to harness HSPs, hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> So cool. Well, thank you, Alina. And thank you to our listeners. So please join us for our next episode where we'll be having another interesting HSP conversation. And to any highly sensitives out there who have a burning HSP related question, whether it's a big one or a small one, we invite you to ask it on the HSP world podcast. Just email info at hsp.world. Our thanks to the HSP world mastery program And to all of you who support our show by subscribing and listening to our podcast, reading the blog posts on our website at hsp.world, and chatting with us on our social media channels. Your support is contributing to the upliftment of HSPs around the world. We're very grateful.